Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. And now a conversation with someone whose job it was to seek out new, once preposterous ideas and be a part of seeing how they might fit into our world. Alec Ross used to be senior advisor on innovation for Hillary Clinton when she was secretary of state. It was a brand new position designed to find creative solutions to the world's problems. Alec's new book, Industries of the Future, is all about the changing global economy and how the United States can take full advantage of it. Ross says this country's innovative spirit comes from citizens being confronted by a new land and having to constantly improvise to survive. Unless you're a Native American, the very act of coming to the United States is a remarkably risky act. And if you think about you know, the, the frontier culture here, look, this is in our DNA. So to be American is to be inherently a little bit more of a risk taker and to imagine and invent a future. And is there a way to bottle this, to marshal it? It's certainly a phenomenon that seems self-evident when you, you know, think about Americans surviving on the frontier. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you can direct it at particular problems. No, it, you're, you're absolutely right, John. I think what you have to do is make sure that conditions exist that enable it. So – and this is – look, I'm going to geek out here for a second. But in things like our tax code, so we have – provisions in our tax code that incent high-risk early-stage investment. So, you know, making it financially advantageous to give money to a couple 24-year-olds in a basement. Those kinds of tax policies carried interest on venture capital and all these sorts of things don't exist in most other economies. And so there are things you can do actually as a matter of public policy to enable this, strangely enough. Now, that, of course, is a fairly blunt uh, mechanism in the sense that we'll give you money if you do something innovative. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to come up with something. Um, the question is when you're on the ground, when you're actually you know, in the garage of Steve Jobs and then I, I gather there was a garage next to Steve Jobs that probably wasn't so innovative, how do you determine the differences between those two and try to – encourage that same kind of setting going forward in the, in the next generation? It's interdisciplinary learning. You are – you get it. Like you are actually one of the few people who have pointed this out. It's interdisciplinary learning. So let's, let's talk about Facebook for a second. Everybody says, oh, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, computer science genius. Sure, maybe. But you want to know what was just as important? Behavioral psychology. Figuring out how people learn – figuring out how people make decisions and other sorts of things and baking that into the engineering, interdisciplinary learning. And um, if you look at Zuckerberg, and it, part of this is mythology, but uh, the ranking of women's bodies, there's a solid line from that to a community that basically is is all of our identities online. Um you know, you, you start from something that's really brainstem and move forward in the brain and you've suddenly got, you know, 300 million or a billion subscribers. You know, what's uh, interesting for me is to think about if all of this is actually changing the way our brains work. 
as we spend more time in front of computer screens and smartphones, and you're absolutely right, there is neurology behind all of this. I wonder how our brains are changing. I suspect we won't know for some time, you know, when we've actually been able to study this. Uh, And this is one thing I don't try to answer in the industries of the future. But it's something that I worry about. It's something I think about. And as the father of a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, and 8-year-old, you know, it's something my wife and I discuss a lot. I suspect the industries of the future don't involve something as simple as like in the graduate plastics. (laughs) They don't, Uh, though there are fields which, like plastics, uh, 40 years ago will be high-growth fields. So robotics, for example, the robots of the cartoons and movies of the 1970s will be the reality of the 2020s. So there are fields like robotics and artificial intelligence where if you decide today in 2016, hey, I'm going to make my career here, you've got a good 20-year run in front of you. Cybersecurity is another one. If you have an associate's degree, you know, just a two-year certificate, you're pretty much guaranteed a $65,000, $70,000 a year job and a lot of growth over the next 10 years. So there are fields that are reliably secure and high growth. Not a lot of them, but there are a few of them. At the risk of hearing you go on and on about how you're perfectly satisfied with your life, now, today, at this time, um, given all that you've studied and all the places you've been, um, is this the right time? Do you wish you were maybe 50 years in the future, 50 years in the past? So that's a great question. I wish I were 10 years in the future Hmm. because it's, it's, it's interesting. If you think about the internet 20 years ago, you know, it was, it was this sort of clunky thing where you could go on, you know, one of those old search engines like Webcrawler, Lycos, and it was, oh, this is really nifty. And and fast forward 20 years, we're in a world of information abundance that I find really exciting. Ten years from now, I think that there are going to be fields like genomics, which are going to be unrecognizable to where they are today. I think that in 10 years, people are going to think that we were practicing caveman medicine in 2016. And so I'm really excited about the world 10 years from now. I 20, 30, 40 years I think will probably will probably throw me off a little bit. But I'm really excited about 10 years from now. All right. Well, we'd love to climb in your time machine. Alec Ross is a former senior advisor on innovation for Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. His new book is called The Industries of the Future. I've got to ask this. If Hillary becomes president, what are you, Secretary of the Future? <laughs> I don't know. I think that my kids – and my wife would love for me to stay at home and stay in the private sector, and I would never be so presumptuous. But I had a great four-year run working at her elbow, and you know, if she asked me to come back in, it would be hard to say no. Thank you, Alec. Thank you.